A very warm welcome to the Kudos community. Kudo is a global leading provider of monetization applications for global users. It's creating a cleaner, more equitable world by making use of billions of dollars of underutilized hardware from around the world and then redistributing it for the betterment of communities and organizations. A big, big thank you to our sponsors AMD, a multinational semiconductor Goliath developing GPUs and CPU processors across the globe for gamers, designers, service providers, pretty much all walks of life. And to Algorand, currently building the technology that will accelerate the convergence between centralized and traditional finance by enabling the creation of next-gen financial products. For more information and to support the Kudos podcast, why not check out our sponsors in the description below. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into our latest Kudos cast, episode five, which we are calling it, Why Do We Need Stable Coins? And I must admit that this is a question that I asked probably about three years ago uh, and was quickly shot down in the community. So um, I'm, I'm pleased to have our guest on today, uh, SJ Park from Terraform Labs. Um, he's joining us um, to discuss all things stable coins and why we need them. And as per usual, this Kudos cast was voted by our Telegram and Twitter community. And it is a weekly podcast covering a broad range of topics. Uh, so, SJ, over to you. It's great to have you on the show. How are you? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm really good. Thank you very much. Thank you for asking. So to kick things off, please, can you introduce your yourself and also Terraform Labs? Yeah. So my name is SJ. I'm the director of special projects at Terra. Before this, I spent about a decade in a traditional finance firm. So... I'm an ex-suit, and I uh, have converted into a DeFi degen. So <laughs> I bring a lot of the traditional finance experience and obviously passion for, for the space. Terra is a layer one blockchain, and we offer um, a suite of algorithmic stable coins and currently have about $6 billion in total value locked across our main protocols that are really built around kind of key financial primitives. So for instance, Chai is a protocol that we built around payments or mirror around investing or anchor around savings and lending. And we have a very thriving ecosystem. We have you know, roughly 60 known projects building on Terra at the moment. And really at, at the core of it, our North Star is to build outwardly. So not necessarily inwardly for the traditional kind of you know, decentralized finance world, but really to drive real world adoption. And that's what's been guiding us and our stable coins really being kind of the catalyst to enable that. Fantastic. And 60 projects building on uh, on, on Terra is really impressive already because how, how long have you been around? Yeah, so we we launched our mainnet in 2018, but we really saw kind of tremendous growth, I would say, with the launch of Mirror, which was last December. And this was at the height of kind of the Wall Street bets GameStop um, fiasco. And I think that caught a lot of attention for the use case for Mirror and the value that it provides. And we really found product market fit around our, our solution in, in Mirror. And then we've we found additional ways in which Terra is a unique value proposition, whether it be in stable coins or even in Anchor, for instance, in our money market protocol. Got you. Okay, thank you. Um, and Mirror, am I right in saying it's kind of mirrored assets? Is that correct? Yes. It's an investing platform that is powered by synthetic assets. And there's about $900 million in liquidity in the platform or about $1.8 billion in total value law. Okay, thank you very much. And as the director of special projects, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty cool title. Um, so I know you've come from the finance world and into the world of blockchain, but you've uh, you managed to land yourself a, 
uh, a cool title there. So what, what does the day in the life of SJ Park, the director of special projects entail? Yeah, so most of my time is you know spent on working with various teams, whether it be teams internal to Terra or externally in our community and just trying to help launch projects or help them scale and succeed. So I would say roughly half of my time is on projects incubated within TFL, um, about half of my time spent with external projects. And then to the extent that I have opportunities to chat with you know, individuals like you on Terra and just in the DeFi space in general. So you're the person who's put forward to podcasts. Yes. As well. That as was, well as all the uh, other bits you do. I'm not just <laughs> yeah. trying to limit your, your role there. Exactly. Hugely, hugely important to the Terra ecosystem. Uh, brilliant. Now, a lot of our listeners will be new to crypto. We've got a lot of sure. experienced uh, people within our audience as well, no doubt. But you know, as a growing community, as a growing network ourselves, we're constantly adding new people to our Twitter and Telegram and uh, you know our audience here on the Kudos cast as well. Um, so it's a really good chance to like provide some, you know, education and, and tips as well. So for those listeners that are new uh, to crypto and blockchain, may not be w- aware of what a stablecoin is. Could you, could you really kind of break it down into layman's terms? Yeah. So stablecoins are cryptocurrencies that hold their value fixed or pegged to the unit value of the quote currency. So for instance, for a US dollar stablecoin, the goal would be for that coin to really trade at a dollar or very close to a dollar at all times. And I think people lose their interest when they hear that because it doesn't come with the attendant risks or volatility that they typically find in obviously Bitcoin or or other digital assets. But stablecoins are really a linchpin to enabling the next wave of DeFi adoption. You know, it acts as a primary way of value transfer and payments. And as you can imagine on a trade, accepting Bitcoin or Ethereum, for instance, as a source of payment, bears a lot of volatility risk and other undesirable traits that stablecoins are a solution for. So if you look at the market for stablecoins in general, I think you know the market was $6 billion in total a year and a half ago. And right now it's more than $100 billion, which you know, just goes to show the key role that it plays in the broader adoption of, of DeFi. Wow. Yeah, $6 billion to $100 billion. And that's that's quite some growth. Fantastic. And how, how does a stablecoin in, in that case, I mean, you, you, you kind of explained it then, but how would it differ to an altcoin? Yeah, so I, depending on which altcoin we're, we're talking about, I think there's definitely different utilities, but stablecoins are really you know built natively within the blockchain and can serve a very unique role in being able to be a transfer of value, unlike any other coin out there. So there are different types of stable coins. So for instance, you have fiat-backed stable coins or crypto-backed stable coins or algorithmic stable coins. But the general purpose of stable coins being a known value essentially at all at all times serves a very unique purpose of being able to be the quote currency of all of decentralized finance, if you will. And I think that's a key trait that you know, is often taken for granted, but will continue to serve a very important role. So stablecoins really are the, the kind of catalyst behind DeFi success. Recently. Yeah, I, I would say so for sure. So, um, a bit of a tangent here, but I did actually have a friend that was very impressed with himself recently because his uh, investment into the crypto market for the first time hadn't gone down with the rest of the market. Um, we quickly yeah. established that he bought a stable coin. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah thank exactly. you very I much. I think we're definitely me. still very early. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so thank yeah. you for providing a clarification on that. 
Um, okay, so that that all makes you know a lot of sense. Um, so thank you for that. Um, I guess the question would be, why wouldn't the US dollar, so an actual fiat currency rather than a representation of the US dollar, so rather than a stable coin, but why wouldn't the US dollar or another fiat currency um, be used and why are we represented it digitally instead? Yeah, so you know, compared to a digital fiat currency, so stable coins have, again, this innate nature by design being built on chain to be you know, worked in a decentralized and a permissionless manner. And you know, for instance, the majority of fiat currency is digital already. And if I want to send money to Tokyo or you know, Paris, it's very hard. There are there's a lot of rent-seeking entities involved, and it's it's something that I just don't have full control over. Whereas stablecoins allow for instant peer-to-peer transactions, similar to kind of the ethos of Bitcoin and having a decentralized nature. It minimizes rent-seeking entities and is able to operate in kind of sovereign monetary policies or like the of attendant blockchains or dApps. So that really removes it from, from the governing nature of existing regions. And you know, considering that given the COVID crisis and global central banks being pinned at zero or negative interest rates, stable coins being built on top of native and sovereign monetary policy offer a, a very strong alternative in, in terms of an investment, investment or a store of value. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So, if I was to put this into an example, so around the world, there's particularly within the uh, richer countries, so the kind of US, um, you know, a lot of the European countries, Australia, you will have family members that are sending money back to their family in their, their kind of originating country. And they will use services such as Western Union, for example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Western Union, by the time that you've gone, we have the charges from Western Union, but also the, all the intermediaries in between as that money is being transferred and transferred and transferred on again, right. then typically the sender will be charged around about 20% or, or, or the receiver, should I say, will will lose about 20% of that value by the time uh, that fiat currency has reached them. So stable coins in, in I mean, stable coins and altcoins and Bitcoin could be used right. in that scenario. But I guess what, from what you've just said is the stable coins offer uh, not only that familiarity, but the, the guarantee that it's going to turn up the other side at almost the same cost, right? There's going to be some small transaction cost, but it's going to be almost the same uh, value, should I say? Yeah, Correct? totally. Totally. I mean, I think, you know, if you look at remittances as a market in general, and to what you alluded to, to the extent that you want to send money from the US to Latin America, for instance, yeah, like there's definitely a 20 to 25% kind of that's just shaved off of, of the principal amount that you want to send just to be able to compensate entities that are involved in the process and having empowering movement of payments in, in a decentralized way really um, precludes and optimizes for a much more efficient transfer of value. And it's, and it's not just the cost either, is it? It's the time. From, oh, yeah. uh, you know, using that kind of same Western Union uh, example and Sorry, anyone out there that works for Western Union, that, <laughs> you know, this isn't uh, slander against yourselves as a business, but just using it as an example. But the the time it can take to go from one country to another country, it can be up to a week, I'm, I'm yeah. to believe. So, you know, if it's a, a stable coin transaction that happens within a matter of seconds or minutes, you know, obviously far more efficient, as you say, far more optimized. Brilliant. So 
what kind of other examples spring to mind? I mean, you've given us a great DeFi example uh, for stablecoin, and uh, you know we've just spoke about remittances and moving money between different countries. Where else can you see use cases for stablecoins? Yeah, so one use case for stablecoins in DeFi are really in money market protocols. So Aave or Compound being the primary examples and anchor for us on the Terra blockchain. And essentially, these protocols connect borrowers and lenders and is in a form a decentralized bank, right? So to the extent that there are users with assets that want to borrow with their assets acting as a collateral, they will post their collateral. And to the extent that users have liquidity or these stable coins, they can offer liquidity on these platforms in an over-collateralized fashion and earn interest rates on lending their liquidity or stable coins out to, to the other participants. So these, these DeFi protocols or money markets have really scaled very impressive, impressively. And I think it's going to continue to underpin further growth in DeFi in general. Specific to Terra, we, I alluded to this earlier, but Chai is our, our payments and proof of concept, if you will, for an e-wallet and a payment gateway. And in Korea, we have more than 2 million users who transact using Chai. And unbeknownst to the user on the merchant end, the transactions are settled using KRT, which is our stablecoin, and is powered fully by our blockchain. So they have full access to what you alluded to before, the, the high speeds, the low fees, and some of that benefit to merchants are also passed through to users. And we think that there's definitely been a lot of inspiration drawn from that to, to build similar services in, in other regions. So I think those are use cases for stable coins that we've seen so far. And if you look at DeFi in general, there's only a couple handful of million users I think we're just barely scratching the surface of possibilities. And again, our, our focus being for outward adoption, we're very excited for what other purposes stablecoins can serve. And one of the reasons why we're working together, but we'll, we'll come on to that in a, in a short while. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, you've explained what stablecoins are and the use cases for them, and that's that's been brilliant. Yep. So you've, ex- you've explained kind of what stablecoins are and what the use cases, and that's that's been absolutely brilliant. But I guess the next question is going to be, let, let's take UST, which is your US dollar uh, stablecoin or PEG stablecoin. <laughs> so what makes UST different from, say, Tether's uh, stablecoin, USDT, or Coinbase's one USDC? Yeah, sure. So as, as we talked about briefly before, USDT and USDC, or Tether or Circles, stablecoins are fiat-backed stablecoins, whereby you know, each dollar purchased of each of those stablecoins are kept in a bank account or invested into cash and cash-like securities. So as one can imagine, um, these stablecoins are not truly decentralized as there is some dependency to an external counterparty, whether it be a bank or some you know, financial intermediary. For UST, we are a algorithmically pegged stablecoin and we are totally permissionless and fully decentralized. So, you know, what that really means is that there is no dependence on any external entity and the peg to the parity value is kept by a set of game theoretic incentives built into our chain and built into a mint and burn feature or mechanism 
So this mint and burn feature is built into this symbiotic relationship between UST, which is our stablecoin, and a second coin called Luna, which is our equity and governance token for the entirety of the Terra blockchain. And this mechanism allows for a dollar's worth of UST to always be transferable to a dollar's worth of Luna. And what this introduces are essentially economic arbitrages. So to the extent that there, for some reason, is variation from the peg for UST and UST trades at a dollar and 10 cents, what a user can do is they can burn a dollar's worth of Luna to create UST and essentially to be able to sell that in the market and capture that 10% arbitrage. And the selling activity, to the extent that it continues, will collapse the variation and maintain and bring UST back to its peg. And vice versa, to the extent that UST is trading below the peg, what a user can do is mint a dollar's worth of Luna using the discounted UST in the market, sell that Luna and capture that 10%, let's say, discounted UST. And that also brings the peg back to parity. So we're, we're essentially powered by these economic arbitrages, which we feel are very strong motivators. Um, we've, again, been kind of battle-tested since launch. Um, obviously, a couple months ago in the volatility that we saw May in May was another great example of our, our mechanisms working. We've since increased the throughput of, of this mint and burn feature, and we're very confident of the way that UST provides a very scalable fully decentralized and a permissionless way for a stable coin to operate. Fantastic. I mean, that's absolutely fascinating. The, the mathematics behind this is just mind blowing, really. I mean, I, right. I, I would encourage anyone that, you know, has a, you know, just a, a curiosity really to learn more about stable coins to, to, to really read uh, Terraform Labs um, white paper. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's in depth or the technical paper it, it, even is, it's, you know, it's very in depth and uh, yeah. Hats off to the to the mathematicians um, behind the scenes. So, just want to pick up on our partnership, and you know, this is this is something new. So, we we are announcing it here today on the on on, on the Kudos cast, really. So, very very proud to announce that we have, are going into partnership with Terraform Labs, and we will be making use of the stable coins on the on the Kudos network. And one of the reasons that we want we're, you know very keen to work with you is one because of exactly what you've just said, uh, the way that um, your stablecoin works and how it's algorithmic, but also because you're part of the same ecosystem in the fact that you've yep. built on the Cosmos SDK Tendermint architecture. So I just wanted to, to find out a little bit more about what attracted you to build uh, on the Cosmos SDK and Tendermint architecture. Yeah, so we're we're very excited for our partnership as well. Um, as you alluded to, Terra is built on Cosmos SDK and Tendermint Consensus. And we just found a lot of practical value in that we didn't have to reinvent the wheel to create a sovereign blockchain. So whether it be POS logic or staking logic, having that embedded into these SDKs was super easy for us to build our blockchain on. But also, you know, there is a lot of value for us in, in the interoperability and the connectedness that it provides, that Cosmos and Tendermint provides for us. As you know, at Terra, we like to say that our main business is our stable coins and everything that we build and our, our community builds is to make them more useful. And to the extent that there's more connectivity cross-chain, um, that's a huge value for us. So it just made a lot of sense. You, you beat me to it. <laughs> so, absolutely. No, um, yeah, very much the same. So 
Cosmos uh, kind of Tendermint architecture, we it, it's tried, it's tested, it's trusted. I think is a is a good way to yeah. to, to look at that. There's you know, hundreds of projects that've been building on it. There's around about fifty, I believe, that have already launched, and the others kind of coming up to mainnet. So you know, it's one to absolutely one to to to, to look out for. It's um, but the 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 point about interoperability is really where I want to kind of pick up on that. So I wanted to discuss. Kind of Cosm, Wasm, and IBC with you. And I'm going to have to add a little bit of kind of verbiage to this because people are going to say, what's he talking about now? He's just making up names. So Cosm, Wasm, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sounds like something off a game show. But so, you know, Cosm, Wasm really is, uh, it's a tool that's built for the Cosmos uh, ecosystem. Um, it's WebAssembly. So it's the tool that's used for developers to write their smart contracts into. They can write their smart contracts in a really popular and common coding language called Rust. And uh, Cosmosm, the tool, is already integrated with all the other Cosmos SDK tools across the ecosystem. So, you know, right from the start, you've got a toolkit effectively that knows how to work with each other. So interoperable in that sense, but not from a from, from, from a network sense. So the question on Cosmosm first, before we kind of go on to, to, to IBC, is what does this mean for your chain? What kind of dApps are being built on the Terra blockchain? Yeah, so uh, I totally agree. Like Cosmosm enables a very powerful way to build apps. And Rust is a very solid language when it comes to safety and ensuring that things are built in the right way and in a very robust way. So, you know, we're, we're excited about dozens of projects. Lavana is one example, which allows for perpetual levered contracts for trading. Spar enables a decentralized asset management protocol. Prism essentially brings like interest rate swaps on chain and allows users to um, split proof of stake tokens and other assets from the principal and the yield elements of, of the tokens themselves. And then we have some other creative protocols as well, which is, for instance, Angel, which allows for, for users to tap into Anchor's savings yield such that they can give once and give in perpetuity. There's just a lot of different projects being built using Cosmosm and, you know, being coded in Rust. And we're hopeful that the kind of interoperability that Cosmos provides will allow these, these solutions to not only exist in the Terra chain, but in, in essentially our Cosmos ecosystem. So we're very excited about that. And, and one of the other advantages that Cosmosm brings is it, it does actually protect against some of the attack vectors that have been seen within the Ethereum network, is that correct? Yeah, totally, totally. Uh, uh, I think every time I see a tweet or headline about there being some hack, it, it definitely, you know, makes my heart skip a beat. But I do, I am able to kind of be at peace knowing that Rust and Cosmos will provide a more, again, a, a more robust solution. So mm-hmm. we're 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 happy with that kind of being the underpinning for a lot of mm-hmm. the apps that we build. Yes, um, I mean to show the kind of popularity. This is Kudos Cast episode zero zero five. I'm, I'm actually starting to lose track. I've got to kind of remember past episodes right. and kind of through kind of through my head before I mentioned. Sure. But you know, we we posted an update last week to our community. So we're in July now. Anyone that's listening yeah. to this in the future, we're in July 2021. So last Friday, we posted um, out to our community and beyond, you know, via Twitter, that we're going to be launching Project Artemis, which is going to be our incentivized testnet. So this is the first opportunity right. for um, uh, developers from all around the world to be able to publicly access the Kudos testnet, which will be coming up in, in, in the coming weeks. We'll make an announcement when we know, when we know the exact date and, um, and to start writing 
smart contracts into, into Cosmosm. Now, such is the popularity of Rust, the, the, the coding language, that we've kind of been taken back by the amount yeah. of people that have applied. We were we were targeting anywhere between two to 10,000, but over kind of a extended promotional period. And, mm-hmm. and in three days, we got 17,000. So wow. it, it just goes to show you know, the, the, the kind of depth of uh, the skill set out there uh, that can build in that language and that is ready to kind of test our network. Sure, sure. That's great. I mean, I think the more the merrier and, you know, like there's just so much to build and so many cool things that we can do in a decentralized way that I think to the extent that we can get more talent onto Rust, onto Cosmosm, there's going to be a huge benefit. And yeah, I think we're just at the very beginning of what's possible within the Cosmos ecosystem. So that's very good to hear. Brilliant. And let's move on to IBC. So IBC is the inter-blockchain communication protocol. And the reason why I'm really, really keen to speak about this is because I think this is going to take blockchain to the next level. So if we if we kind of yeah. consider um, uh, my my past personally, I've come from the kind of data center, cloud, network infrastructure type background sure. from 2008, right? So I wasn't there in the mid-90s when the, the, the internet was really starting to, to, to kind of take off. And I certainly wasn't there in 1982 when um, kind of TCP IP came in. But the the point being is that TCP IP standardized networks. So it it became a communication protocol for for the internet where something could be checked and verified without actually having to know what the data was inside effectively. It was checking the connection. And IBC to me is kind of very, very similar to that. So I'm going to read this out. This is is from the website. So it's verbatim, but I want to make sure I get it absolutely right for the the audience at home. Uh, the inter-blockchain communication protocol is an end-to-end, connection-oriented, stateful protocol for reliable, ordered, and authenticated communication between two heterogeneous blockchains, I nearly, I nearly screwed up that word, heterogeneous blockchains arranged in an unknown and dynamic topology. The protocol realizes this by specifying a set of data structures, abstractions, and semantics that can be implemented by any distributed ledger, provided they satisfy a small set of requirements. So IBC can be used to build a wide range of cross-chain applications, which include token transfers, atomic swaps, multi-chain smart contracts with or without mutually comprehensible VMs, and data and code sharding of various kinds. I'm now going to put this on to you, SJ. Can you summarize that in layman's terms? Yeah, I think you alluded to this, which is um, I think the I think IBC can be as critical to the future of DeFi and of blockchain technology as exactly what you said as TCP/IP was to networking in in the eighties. So, you know, I think to the extent that we are able to create a standardization for for sovereign blockchains to work together, that alone is a huge feat that that will continue to create a base on which there's further development. Um, if you look at if you look at the landscape for DeFi right now, there's just a lot of redundant protocols um, honestly to, to speak honestly as, as as blockchains don't talk to each other. And I think to the extent that there is a solution and there's connectivity and that's powered by IBC and a standardization that's that's insanely powerful and I think that's probably going to be what sets Cosmos apart from from other solutions out there. Excellent. And there are others doing a kind of similar thing or, or at the early yep. stages of doing a similar thing. So Polkadot, you know, they're, they're doing the same thing. Uh, Polygon, to a certain extent, you know, they position themselves as the Ethereum internet of blockchain or blockchain of Ethereum internet. 
something along those lines. Right? So yeah. it's very, very kind of similar, but it's, you know, it's very much attached to, to, to Ethereum. And uh, in, in short, what it means is that any blockchain, any layer one blockchain, so Terra could be Kudos, uh, it could be Akash, it could be uh, Pocket. So anyone that's kind of built within the Cosmos SDK Tendermint protocol that is running IBC can instantaneously uh, talk to each other uh, and, and, and interoperate with each other. Um, so huge step forwards. And then what we next, next need to do is kind of connect to all of the blockchains, all of the non-Cosmos blockchains as well. And right now you can do that via bridges, go from Cosmos into Ethereum. You've got things like Gravity Bridge, for example. But over time, this is all going to standardize is, is, is kind of where, where I believe it's, it's going. Yeah, exactly. See? Yeah, I, I think that'll be super powerful. Like within Terra 2, we've built our own bridges as we've needed that to continue to scale and bring in more users. But I think to the extent that that can be done in a way that is truly scalable and has exactly a standardization that can be used, not just by us or even the Cosmos ecosystem, but the entirety of the DeFi universe, I think that'll be very powerful. And then for for, for ourselves, so for for Terra and Kudos and the the partnership, the plan is very much that once IBC is integrated to both of our networks, that's the point where we're going to start to collaborate and we'll roll out um, the stable coins into the Kudos network. And that will be for our ecosystem to use. So if you're a a developer out there, um, you will be able to make use of kind of Terra stable coin set within the Kudos network. We'll start off with UST, the US dollar based Mm -hmm. one. And... The very, the very nature of our, our products, if you like, um, is that we're building a decentralized cloud platform. So with a decentralized cloud platform, you will, um, we're not just going to be limited to blockchain developers uh, and consumers, right. should I say, that are wanting compute resource. So you know, the, the, the goal very much for us is to start bringing in other industries and attract other industries to come into blockchain because they can get the benefits of blockchain. They're, the, the heightened security, the decentralization, the immutability. So all of the kind of benefits of blockchain, but also with the advantages of cloud computing, which is what they can't get today. And to do that, it means that we have to break down those barriers and uh, accept fiat currencies coming into the platform and pay out fiat currencies as well to, to those suppliers that are you know, not typically uh, kind of blockchain based. And I can see this the, the use case for, for, for stable coins, in, in particular the UST, in somewhere within that ecosystem, within that mix. Yeah, I, I, we're very excited about that. And again, I think, so I guess to chat, just digress a little bit, um, if you look at the stablecoin market in general, and we talked about the fiat-backed ones, the crypto ones, and obviously um, the algorithmic ones, there's definitely been a proliferation of algorithmic stablecoins in the market. And what we're proud of is we've been able to establish a real use case for, for our stable coins with our ecosystem. And I think to the extent that we can further that with a partnership with Kudos and to your point of bringing, it, bringing in other industry players on chain, I think that's um, hugely beneficial and you know, ultimately will just re- lead to broader adoption. And again, that being kind of the core goal for, for Terra um, is something that we're very excited about. Brilliant, thank you very much. Do you know what I've really enjoyed about these kudos casts? Uh, I know we've only done a few so far, but the uh, the, the topics are quite diverse and, and broad. Uh, believe it or not, last week episode four, I think it was. See, yeah, 
we uh, we were talking to a film director about oh, wow. British sci-fi thriller and you know how they may incorporate well how crypto is woven into the story but how they also may incorporate blockchain technology in the future so I think you know again that's another very good example of, of kind of what industries you wouldn't expect to be looking into blockchain are looking into blockchain and, and seeing the benefits so that that convergence of blockchain and, and cloud are coming together and um, you know that that partnership will help us to accelerate that within our ecosystem uh, thank you very much SJ that's that's been brilliant I've, I've really enjoyed this week's kudos cast um, but you know just just to wrap it up and we'll keep the, the the question nice and short what do you see as the mutual benefits between Terra and kudos in your opinion sure so uh, I think to the extent that you know our goal is to bring in mass adoption and real world adoption of blockchain technologies and to the extent that kudos is able to bring in you know, industries that are not necessarily native to DeFi yet, and our stablecoins powering some of some of that connectivity. I think there's a lot of um, benefit to be had and synergies that TFL and Kudos can can provide. Um, uh, I think that there's a whole world out there that's not brought on chain yet, and um, powering that with our stablecoins and with the Kudos network is something that will happen over time, and we're very excited to see that. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Uh, so there you have it, audience. SJ Park from Terraform Labs. Um, thank you very much for joining us today, SJ. What you have shared has been absolutely fascinating, very in-depth, you know, very knowledgeable and, uh, you know, showing why you are the, the, special, the director of special projects there. So <laughs> once again, thank you again. For our audience, you can visit terra.money their website for more information and Terraform Labs cryptocurrency ticker is Luna. So if you are interested in the, the Luna token, please go and check it out. Another weekend or another week, should I say, and another Kudos cast done. Once again, a huge shout out to everyone that's tuned into this week's Kudos cast. It's been a blast. A huge, huge thank you for tuning in. And I'd like to thank our sponsors, Algorand and AMD. For more details, you can check them out in the description and support this podcast. For more content from Kudos, you can find us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Medium, and you can also join our communities on Telegram. Until next time, adios and au revoir.